Hey guys, Jim here. Wanted to let you know that we're releasing today's episode out of order. We still have some Hawaii episodes left to release, but this one's from Tennessee. Uh, Next week, we'll get back to those Hawaii ones. That might be a little confusing if you're following along each week. But today's episode, we're interviewing Keith Stancil, and he's got a book being released October 5th. So I wanted to make sure to get this episode out there to help him promote that book. So keep listening to find out more. And there's a link to pre-order his book on Amazon in the show notes. Enjoy. Inspiring Stories practical applications doing ministry well today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash doing ministry well all right well thank you everyone for checking into another episode of doing ministry well i'm jim baker your host and we are in brentwood tennessee today and we are joined by Keith Stancil. Keith, thanks so much for being on the show hey thanks for having me and welcome to brentwood thank you um <laughs> Yeah, I just met you a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. I was uh, interviewing one of your new artists that you recently signed, Tal Zentmeyer, and I had met him through another friend. We met at the coffee shop around the corner, uh, The Well, and then I was like, I got to interview this guy, and since he was staying with you, um, I got to meet you at that interview, so that's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, as I was... uh, Driving over here, I just really felt led to ask you about your salvation story, kind of just before we get into anything else. Um, so, Keith, would you just tell us what that process of salvation was for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first of all, I was uh, I was raised in a Southern Baptist home. Um, Mom and Dad had incredible walks with the Lord, uh, great examples, laid some uh, laid some great foundation for us. Um, we were probably in church six days out of the week in some shape, form, or fashion. Wow. Um, just felt like a natural thing for me when I was uh, uh, eight years old, you know, to walk the aisle, say the, say the sinner's prayer, and, and uh, go through baptism, which I did, uh, but I really, um, really didn't have a, a, a grasp or an understanding of what was what I was really doing, what was happening. Hmm. I mean, I knew, had some head knowledge, um, but really uh, had not connected, connected the dots. Um, I got into youth group as I, as I got into my, uh, you know, 12 years old, kind of early teens. Um, we had some youth ministers who were, um, who were really just, you know, on fire for God and really, really wanting to, to help guide us along. And I, f- I felt like I had, you know, we'd have the big emotional... <clears throat> we'd have the big emotional moments and felt like I was feeling God, but I still was not connecting the dots. Um, got in teenage years, uh, got into rock and roll, took off down one of the wrong paths, the wrong path. <laughs> <laughs> Headed into college and uh, got a little crazy and, um, you know, just started, started living life, you know, basically without God. Um, but there was a tugging there the entire time. You know, I knew it was there. Um, I knew what the foundation was, and uh, God was wooing me. I think you know, even from the from the time I was you know six years old until adulthood, that that wooing was there. Um, I was I was married uh, once before. Went through a, a divorce. Was married to a, a non-believer, and um, it was not a pretty marriage. Um, all I had left was my job. And um, I had that job up on a pedestal. That was my identity. Mm. Um, and uh, I was in the music business and, you know, was a, 
it was a cool job. Everybody wanted it, and um, so it was kind of like my idol, I guess. And um, and then the uh, the the inevitable happened. Uh, music industry started shrinking. And they started handing out pink slips, and I drew one. And um, it was devastating. That was all I had left in life. I mean, I was living here in in, uh, in the Nashville area and had no friends or, well, I had, I shouldn't say that. I had friends, but no real family. And um, really all I had was that job. So my world fell apart. Mm. And it was immediately the day after, um, the day after I was laid off, I just hit, uh, hit my knees and cried out to God. I knew he was... He was there. He was the source from all the foundation that um, um, that I had grew up on and learned about. And I just cried out, cried out to him and said, I need you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that moment, um, something uh, incredible happened. I mean, I, uh, I made Jesus Lord of my life. And um, immediately um, I knew... Um, there was a change. There was just a major change, and and the, and the dots had had connected um, in a way like never before. Um, but I still um, uh, needed needed some guidance, you know, to find out, figure out what to do with that. So um, I started searching searching out for a church, and found a great church here in Nashville, and uh, really dug into some uh, some serious Bible study. Um, and I was actually out of work for six months. Um, and uh, God just did, I, I call it, it was a serious come to Jesus meeting and uh, the best six months of my life. I spe- spent the six months just uh, really digging in, read the entire Bible wow. um, and in depth, really got into studying, surrounded myself by um, some believers um, who were wise. And, um, um, and I'm, I'm thankful, um, you know, without getting into any kind of, you know, theology or whatever from the different... Uh, denominations you know I, I was always brought up on the once saved always saved but and uh um people ask me well you know what you know when you were eight years old you know you made some kind of decision but I'll, I'll just tell you this i am so glad that i made it um you know to the age of gosh i think it was 30 or so um for that moment with jesus when i was truly saved that's awesome um, how long have you been in ministry then? So you said that was about 30 years old. Um, mm. Since then, how long have you been uh, been doing ministry? Well, I've been in um, uh, ministry. I may have been a little off there, 30. I mean, I may have been a little older, a few years older. But um, I've during that time period when I did find employment, um, the new job, I moved from working in the mainstream music business mm-hmm. Um, into the Christian music business, and uh, I really consider that beginning in ministry um, because I was, you know, working with Christian music and um, felt like that's what um, God had had uh, had called me to do and had prepared me for, even from the the mainstream ministry days. Um, and I looked at uh, the music business as, as my mission field. Hmm. Um, my my responsibilities there. You know, I went to work for Word Entertainment. But my responsibility was for the mainstream uh, side of things. So I was the liaison between Word and uh, Epic, uh, Epic Records and Sony. Um, so I was dealing still with the mainstream people, but I was um, selling and marketing Christian music. 
and just really looked at that as a mission field mm. and had some just really incredible times and some things that some folks I worked with, um, we got to do some really cool things. That's awesome. And, um, can you think of a specific story from that time that was that was pretty cool? Absolutely. Uh, probably the probably well. Can I give you three short ones? Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> they're so exciting. Yeah. Uh, we first of all, we uh, if you guys remember or if you if you aware of uh, a version of the Bible called the Book. I'm not familiar um, with that, but. It was, um, gosh, I don't even know how to explain what it is. It was kind of like, uh, it wasn't like the message necessarily, but it was, a, you know, an easy to read okay. kind of Bible. Um, we ended up, one of our labels had, uh, um, came, uh, created a soundtrack for the book. Okay. And um, so uh, we had to be careful in the Sony system with all the political correctness and stuff about, um, about how we approach some of the people over there. Um, but that gave us an opportunity to send the book hmm. along with a CD companion piece, mm -hmm. and we sent them to the home addresses of every single mm -hmm. Sony person. And <laughs> it was awesome. in a way that, hey, we wanted you to be aware of what this CD companion is, but basically we sent a Bible into <laughs> every single person's home. And it's kind of a sneaky, clandestine, I guess, kind of, <laughs> kind of a plan there, but... Uh, um, the incredible thing is I got a call from the vice president of Epic Records and he called me up and he was like, he was a little perturbed and he was like, man, I, I hope you're happy. And I was like, uh, what do you mean? You know, what's going on? And he goes, well, you sent that book to my house, right? And I said, yes. And he goes, my daughter makes me read to it, read, read from it to her every single night. And I was like, yes, you know, that is slam awesome. dunk. Okay. That's the first one. Well, we got another opportunity um, similar um, when, with the Purpose Driven Life. Okay. Um, Maranatha Records was one of our labels, and they, they had had a, uh, uh, a soundtrack to that kind of in their catalog. It had never really been mined, and we decided to pull it out because Purpose Driven Life was just blowing up. Right. It was huge. And so we decided to put that, um, uh, do, the, do a similar thing, and we had changed systems. So we were no longer in the Sony system, but we were in the Word system. I mean, the Warner system. Yeah. Warner had bought us. So we had that same opportunity where we got to send every one of those people the Purpose Driven Life book and, uh, and the CD. And it was another wow. kind of slam dunk. But the real story out of all of that, the, most, the, 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 the one that I was most excited about is when we were in the Sony system, we were there, I don't know, it was in the beginning days of Word. And I think I may have been in that system about four years, three or four years. And like I said, we just tried to make them comfortable. Um, they were all afraid when we first started coming out, like, oh, we can't, uh, we can't cuss and drink and smoke, and we got to be careful around you guys. You're the Christian guys. And we just put them at ease. We were like, no, nope, be yourself. Um, we may not do some of the things that you do, but we, we you know, we're, we want you to be yourselves. We don't want to, to we're not looking in here to beat you over the head and right. change you. And um, so they, they grew to like us, um, and uh, we spent a lot of time with them. Um, and then as, uh, after Warner bought us, we were on our last tour of the Sony branches. We was kind of like our goodbye dinner tour, mm -hmm. you know, a thank you kind of thing. Um, and we were at one of the meetings. I'll never forget, I was with the national accounts team. And um, we were at dinner, and they asked me, they said, one of the, uh, one of the women said, what's different about you? Hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, there's something about you that's different that I want. 
and they just opened the door, then there were uh, five people sitting around the table at dinner, and it opened the door for me to share my testimony. Wow. With They asked for it, you know, <laughs> and uh, the door was open, I got to tell it, and um, it was, and they were very attentive, attentive and, and listening, and it was uh, probably one of the one of the highlights of, of, uh, of my career was, was that that's my awesome. career in ministry, I guess I should say. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what are you, what are you currently doing in ministry? Well, um, six years ago, uh, my wife and I, um, I left word entertainment and started an artist management company. And, um, so we've been working with, uh, artists for the past six years and, there's some things that um, I didn't realize. I mean, I worked with artists from a record label perspective, but uh, they want to keep the label happy, so they, they're usually well-behaved around the label. Mm-hmm. But when you're their manager, um, you're, you become even more like family. So, you know, everybody's guards down, and they just, uh, you know, act, you know, however they feel like acting. They're not putting up any kind of facade. And you encounter a lot of things that... Um, really didn't expect to encounter um but we all deal with them and it it all kind of um is because of the flesh you know that we that we battle with and we all have it you know that that battle because of the the fall um of adam and eve um but i truly believe that um whether or not um um the flesh kind of manifests itself in a, in a bad way, a negative way. It depends on, on, on whether or not we feed it. Hmm. And um, so dealing with, the, with artists, and I deal with some great artists, but um, everybody has their moments. Sure. And um, I, I just had this burden, you know, I want to change this. You know, because you know, we do a great job of teaching artists, the, industry, the music industry does, of how to sing songs and how to write songs and how to play their instruments well and how to perform on stage and how to tour and how to look. But we fail them a little bit in the, in the spiritual mentoring side. And um, so I've just had this, uh, God placed this thing on my heart a few years back. And, um, I didn't do much with it. I didn't do anything with it, as a matter of fact. Um, but uh, a couple of years ago, um, I started writing a book. And... Um, um, wrote a book. Um, it's called Creating Monsters, and uh, the monster being the flesh that we battle with. Um, and um, out of the book, um, I am uh, launching a class. Um, the uh, it's looking like it's probably going to be winter 2016 before the first class starts. But uh, we're going to launch a class that's going to hopefully equip. Um, anybody who's pursuing a career on a platform uh, that could potentially bring fame. Um, and that could be a musician. It could be an artist. It could be somebody uh, chasing a career in film, an actor or actress. Um, it could be somebody chasing, you know, you know pursuing professional sports. You know, uh, somebody pursuing politics, corporate ladder climbers. Um but uh, the class and the book is really targeted at that to serve as an equipping tool. Hmm. And um, I'm hoping to change. Uh, my, my, my main goal is to change the Christian music industry. Hmm. Um, I'd love to, to, to totally change it. I know it's a big dream, but we're going to take it one artist at a time and uh, hopefully uh, remind them of the toolbox that they do have. 
we got the best toolbox in the world, the Bible, yeah. you know, to, uh, to help us with ego and entitlement and jealousy and uh, greed and um, commitments and financial responsibility. Um, and so uh, the ministry that I've recently, you know, in the, in the process of launching is that. Uh, it's an equipping ministry. Awesome. And that book is releasing pretty soon? Yeah, the book uh, the book releases um, October fifth, um, and uh, I already launched a blog site, and uh, would love for anybody um, interested in um, or that knows um, people who are pursuing those kind of careers, go to the website and uh, and subscribe. Um, it's going to be um, I'll be putting up uh, blogs, but very short, brief to the point blogs. Um, on, a, on a regular basis to serve as encouragement. Um, and then you can also find a little bit more about this class that we're launching, which we're calling Finding Fame in Jesus' Name University. Hmm, awesome. And the, the website address is uh, it's keithstancil.com. Okay, awesome. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. And uh, is your book going to be released on Amazon, or is that just from your yes. website? Yeah, it'll be on Amazon, both physical and for the Kindle. Okay. Um, I'm hoping that will be on uh, Apple iBooks. That's a, a little bigger process that I'm <laughs> plowing through trying to figure out. Um, but then it will also be, I have a distributor. It'll be in the Christian bookstores. I know it'll be in the Mardell bookstores okay. in the Midwest and um, in the Southwest. Um, I think family Christian bookstores are going to bring it in. Okay. They're pretty close to making that decision. Awesome. Um, and then um, other uh, independent Christian bookstores will be carrying it. Some of the distributors are picking it up. Um, and then Christian Bookstore Distributors, uh, CBD, uh, will also be carrying it. And that's an online. Cool. So the whole artist management thing, I think it's awesome that you're really dealing with character and really wanting to do ministry to your artists. Um, and that's the bulk of your ministry. But what's what's kind of the logistical side? What does an artist management uh, or manager rather rather do? What are some of the responsibilities that you have for your artists? Yeah, uh, an artist manager, I kind of refer to it as we're kind of the the quarterback on the team. Hmm. We're, we uh, uh, we manage the overall career of an artist. So every aspect, element of their career, whether it's uh, recording, touring, um, you know, uh, publicity, radio. Um, we we coordinate it all to make sure that it's all um, happening um, in a way um, that will help us, you know, accomplish the goal and the vision of the artist. Hmm. And we also work with the artist to, to help vision cast a bit. Um, we serve if they have a record label where they liaison kind of between the two to make sure everything's working well there. Um, we do the same with a booking agent. Um, and um, if they're in, an independent artist, then we, we serve kind of as their label also. So we'll coordinate all of the marketing efforts and release efforts and, uh, and just consult them on the best way to go about releasing a record. Hmm. Um, we also do, we, uh, you know, one of the most important things that we do is, is we do try to mentor our artists too. Hmm. Um, you know, some of them, um, you know, a lot of artists start young. Um, the younger ones need a little more mentoring for the most part. Um, and then as they grow and mature, 
Um, they don't. They uh, they need less and less of that, but they need more of a uh, an accountability partner um, in their ministry. Um, and so we kind of serve both purposes there. That's awesome. If some of our listeners are artists and are looking to get into the industry, uh, besides coming through your course so that they do it well, um, what are some other tips for artists that are looking to take the next step? Um, you know, I would say first and foremost, um, you know, seek God and, and listen. Hmm. Um, so many... Uh, people who are pursuing careers in music think I have to my you know the ultimate goal is that big stage and a number one song on the radio mm. and uh, and to be known to be famous and um, I would say to that not first of all um, God gives us all platforms and uh, I talk about this in the book some too and and a platform could be um, I mean it could be a it could be the drive-through at a fast food restaurant. Um, it could be the cashier at a grocery store. It could be a corporate boardroom. It could be a stage with in an arena with, you know, fifty thousand people. Um, or it could be a small church, you know, of fifteen people. Um, or it could be two people. <laughs> um, but I think really listening to God, He's gonna. Uh, He's going to let you know what your platform is. I think you'll you'll know pretty clearly um, if you stay in the Word and stay, you know, in prayer and, and focused on your walk with God. He'll he'll make sure you know what that platform is, and that's the um, the biggest tip that I would say. Just make sure that you're not just you know grabbing the big stages. That's what I have to do because not everybody's meant to do that. And if God means for you to do that, it'll happen. Good. That's good. Um, did you get into the music industry because you were originally a musician? I did. What, uh, what's yeah. your What's your instrument, or what do you do musically? Um, I started off, well, I, I took piano starting at six years old. Okay. That was my, my first instrument, but I, I, I moved in my teenage years into drums. I was a drummer, played in rock and roll bands. Nice. And uh, actually even majored in that my first year in college. I was a percussion major. Okay. Um, but after moving to Nashville, picked up guitar and mandolin and... Um, got the bug for writing, and uh, and so I do a, do a little bit of everything. Nice, that's awesome. We kind of talked about your highlights in ministry, which were awesome. On the flip side of that, what's been your biggest struggle in ministry, and how do you feel like you've overcome that? You know, I would say that the biggest um, the biggest struggle for me is. Um, is dealing with artists uh, when the flesh is in play. Hmm. Um, it's hard to understand. Um, and I know in my own life, I mean, the flesh comes into play, but um, it doesn't take me long to figure it out. <laughs> and um, for some reason, with artists, a lot of times it takes, there's a longer process. Huh. And, um, and it's, you know... In addition to the flesh, also, you know, uh, financial commitments. Um, I think that's one thing that, uh, that, for some reason, in the creative world, um, it's not a priority. And they, they, uh, 
at times don't feel a responsibility for financial obligations. Hmm. And that's in every aspect of their life. And that just really surprises me. And it's been really difficult and hard to do with. And so I've had to, uh, you know, uh, adjust the way that I approach, you know, artists, depending on what's, you know, what, what the issue may be. Um, and actually, I've had some financial issues where I'm, you know, I basically told them here, I'm, gonna, I'm taking off my manager hat. I'm going to put on your friend hat, my friend hat, and try to help you understand financial things a little better. Right. I'm a Dave Ramsey guy, yeah. you know? And um, so um, most artists aren't. Right, right. <laughs> so I would say that's the biggest struggle. Hmm. Um, if you could share three practical tips with our listeners on how to do ministry well, what would those three tips be? Um, we kind of touched on, on one for the artists a little bit. The first thing that I would do is find some quietness and listen to God. Mm. That's so tough to do because the world is such a noisy place. And um, um, I would say that that's probably the number one tip I would give. Mm. Um, the number two tip I would say would be um, to find a wise mentor. Um, and if you're in ministry, uh, a pastor is a good choice for that. Um, but there are others out there who have, you know, um, either been through some kind of ministry, school, training, um, uh, or some who have, have done it on their own. But, you know, find those wise people mm. and, um, and ask them. Ask them to be a mentor. Reach out to them um, because you'll find, I think, that most of them will be willing. Mm. And then... Um, Number three, uh, man, it, this this is this is a hard one, but uh, you know, overcome your fear and take that step of faith, mm. even when it seems like it may not make sense. Um, because um, those who don't take the step um, don't move forward, mm. and I think God wants to see us take those steps. Those, the, the ones that appear to be scary and because um, you know I found in my life there's something amazing on the other side of that step you know once you take it um, there's a big aha moment yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah let's go back and expound on these a little bit um, mm -hmm. for you personally Keith what does it look like for you to find quietness and, and really seek the Lord what, do you have a daily discipline that you do where you do that in your own life? I do. Um, I've actually probably probably the most important thing in my life is I'm I've been in this uh, men's Bible study um, for going on seven years now, hmm. and um, it's a it's challenging in that um, it keeps me in the Word hmm. daily. Um, we take summers off. Actually, we don't take that long. It's probably from like mid June to mid August. And it's so funny during that time period, and we all come back in mid-August. We're like, "Hey, you've been in the Word." Well, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 hard to 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 for me to be disciplined without that. Hmm. But with that, there's so like I know every Monday morning we're going to be discussing 
um, some things, and I, you know, I don't want to sit there, um, you know, not doing my homework. Right, right. <laughs> I don't want to fail my my fellow guys, <laughs> but um, so that um, has been incredible. And in this Bible study, I mean, it's pretty intense. I mean, we. Um, we, we, we rotate year after year. We, you know, we, we have one where we have gone through systematic theology, mm-hmm. uh, Grudem's systematic, systematic theology book. And um, we've done that. I've done that twice. Hmm. And then um, we study, you know, the, the, uh, the life and works of Jesus is, uh, is one of the studies that we do. And then we have another one that's the Old Testament. Um, study and we have rotated those for the past seven years so you get each of them a couple of times and mm. the second time is like uh, really revealing mm. um, and now we're doing a new one this year we're in Romans we're taking a whole year awesome. and we're in Romans so it's pretty exciting That's cool. and so that and then morning you know I try um, um, I try to uh, as opposed to cramming the last day to do all my reading okay. I try to space it out and read mm. daily in the mornings but my time is um, for that is in the mornings, and then, you know, I'm in prayer throughout the day, you know, um, as I'm driving down the road, riding my bike, taking a shower, um, you know, taking a moment when something's going crazy. Um, so that's pretty much throughout the day. That's good. That's good. You were talking about finding a wise mentor, and, and as you said that, uh, it reminds me of something my buddy Dave Heiliger said. He said you can have mentors in different areas of life. You don't need just one mentor like maybe somebody's really good in that area of finances but they might not be the best preaching coach you know so I think that was really just something revolutionary for me I think I was looking for that one mentor that was going to be able to help me in every area of my life but um, for you what has it been like the process of finding a mentor um, and, and what does that process look like well I would agree with that I've got several mm-hmm. you know through, there's not that one person that you know I meet with every week that's you know that that is my mentor um and I have found that um normally um I don't have to really seek them I mean Mm -hmm. God puts them in my life I just have to open my eyes Mm -hmm. um and um you know I've got um some I've got two that are um two that are pastors Mm -hmm. and um Neither one of them are current pastors. Hmm. You know, one's from years ago in the past, um, and then one's from from recent. But uh, he's actually the one who leads the Bible study hmm. um, that that I'm in. Um, and then my wife and I are in a uh, uh, a marriage building group where we do uh, counseling, premarriage counseling, and hmm. it's a it's a marriage building program at our church. And the pastor who leads that is another mentor hmm. in that area. Um, and just all areas of life. And then I have, um, I have two friends, really close friends, who uh, I know without a doubt where they're at and where they're walking with God. And um, I actually look to them for some mentoring in some areas hmm. too. That's awesome. And then this last one, overcoming your fear and just taking steps of faith. Do you have a, a story of a fear that you really had to overcome and then take that leap of faith? And then what was on the other side? Yeah, it's just, um, you know, to be honest with you, it was recently. Hmm. Um, I turned 50 this year. And, um, you know, when I turned 40, I didn't buy a Corvette and, you know, find a new girlfriend and go crazy. You know, I never, yeah, that's really good. (laughs) And I went through that one pretty easy. 
Um, but um, when I turned 50, you know, everything that I'd heard about turning 50, I'd heard about this whole halftime uh, thing that men uh, deal with in life. And um, I didn't expect it, that to happen, but at the beginning or the end of last year, you know, I just started getting this feeling um, um, of it was an unsettled feeling. Even a little bit of depression came in because I was, um, and I wasn't focused on I'm 50, but I was focused on what have I done with my life? Um, where's my legacy? I'm an artist, you know, wake up every morning, I, I manage artists, does that matter? Um, you know, I'm not on the front lines where the artists are, where they're hearing the people and seeing the impact. And even though I know we're impacting that from back, you know, in the, in the office on the business side of things. But I just started questioning a lot of that. And, um, you know, and then you're, you're like, well, if, uh, if I'm not doing the right thing and now it's time to change what I'm doing, a career or whatever, I'm 50 years old. You know, who wants to hire a 50-year-old? And um, all these crazy thoughts start going through your mind. And um, it was just a real unsettling feeling. Um, I had finished the book, writing the book, but I didn't know what to do with the book. And um, with our artist management company, we also have a marketing side, and uh, we had lost our, uh, a big marketing uh, client that we had had that was, you know, it was, not, it was a nice, uh, steady um, income from that side of things. So, you know, it, it was, we just lost a big marketing account. It was not uh, the, the perfect time to start spending money on hiring an editor and a book designer and buying books and you know when you're if you're gonna self-publish um there's a lot of upfront uh, expenses there and so um i met with one of my mentors and just gave him the book let him read it and uh, he was super encouraging and he just gave me some, he said you know i think and i shared some other ideas even about this class and some other things and he just really encouraged me that i, I needed to take that step hmm. and so I came home to you know talked it over with my wife Diana and we just decided okay we're gonna get an editor and um, shouldn't be spending that kind of money right now <laughs> but but I did and the moment I took that step that weight of the unsettledness and um, everything else I'd been feeling was just lifted hmm. and I was like wow you know I'd, if I would have known that, <laughs> I would have taken this step a year ago. Right. But I felt like I was in my lane, you know, swimming downstream, hmm. and um, um, and I still didn't I had no idea, you know, because um, in the business that we're in, when you lose something, you got to find something to fill it in, and it was like kind of a not much of a warning on it. So um, I knew it was going to take some time to fill in the blanks. But anyway, so we stepped out. And a week after I stepped out and got the editor, I had a friend just knock on the door. And, um, or he, he called and said, hey, are you, are you going to be home this morning? You know, and I, we office out of the house. And I was like, yeah, I'll be here. So he came by and he sat down and he goes, and he told me, he was just like, hey, I've, I've come into this, uh, God's blessing me with something and I'm trying to find something to, to sew into. Hmm. And he told me that you're, you're the place. Wow. And he basically, you know, uh, gave me the funds that would fund 
everything for this for the book. Wow. From you know from the editor to the designer to the getting the books made to yeah um, I mean it's just the whole process was just taken care of mm-hmm. in in one you know ten minute drop by. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so um, I knew at that moment, okay, this is this is God. And um, I'm glad I took the step. And where's the next step? That's and, awesome. That's awesome. Keith, the last question is, uh, what's been inspiring you lately? Is there any books or resources, ideas, songs, artists that really have been bringing inspiration to your life? Um, you know, I would say, you know, probably one, one of the books that's inspired me the most is a, a book called Love Does um, by... Um, uh, Bob Goff, and that book super inspired me. I heard him speak, and 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 then I read the book, and um, it's uh, it was just super in, inspiring to me. Um, and then music, um, you know, I'd say I'm actually working on a playlist, a Spotify playlist of the music I was listening to as I was writing the book and going mm-hmm. through this, and you know. Not all of it was necessarily Christian music, mm-hmm. but it was things that um, that moved me in some way. You know, the lyrics. I'm a, I'm I'm big on the lyrics and mm-hmm. song, and I like it when they reach deep down in your soul and you know tug on it. Um, but um, I did uh, I did come across um, in the you know as I was um, doing a little research for the book. Um, and, and looking into things, I came across a, um, a quote from C.S. Lewis, and it just really nails it all in the head, and I'll share it with you here. Um, this is from uh, C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce, and it says, um, Every poet, a musician, an artist, but for grace, is drawn away from the love of the thing he tells to the love of telling it. Till down in deep hell, they cannot be interested in God at all, but only in what they say about Him. And um, it just really kind of put a cap on this whole the the, the things that I was writing about in the book and um, the the encouragement that I'm looking to do for artists and even for myself, because um, I can get caught up in the process of ministry, huh. and um, I want to avoid that. Um, and so I'm reading that quote every morning, <laughs> you know, just to, to keep focused on things. And um, even I think I was talking to my dad yesterday, um, and um, he was asking me about the book and um, how it's going. I told him. He goes, "Well, he goes, he goes. You may just you may just make a big name for yourself." <laughs> and I was like, "Dad, that's not what I want to do. You know, I don't. I'm not looking to make a big name for myself." I'm looking to make a big name for Jesus, mm. you know, making him famous and and uh, guiding and directing people in that same direction. Mm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Keith, thanks so much for being on the show. Would you okay. just close us out by praying for our listeners? Absolutely. Dear God, uh, Lord, I, I uh, first of all, I just want to thank you for Jim here and um, for this uh, this podcast and the ministry that he's um, he's launched here. Lord, I um, um, I want to thank you uh, for being the God that you are, the awesome, mighty, powerful God and the loving God that you are. And Lord, I just pray for all the listeners out there right now. Um, um, 
that you would reveal if they don't know that you would reveal the platform um, that you've um, designed specifically for them Lord I just ask that you just open their eyes in a big way to see it and I ask that you use them and um, Lord I just thank you for these listeners and I just pray that whatever their platform is and whatever their ministry is Lord that you just bless it in a mighty way and we thank you and I uh, pray this in your son Jesus name Amen. Amen. Keith, thanks so much for being on the show. Yep. If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources mentioned on this episode. To find out more about Doing Ministry Well, check out our website, www.doingministrywell.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestion on who we should interview next, email us at doingministrywell at gmail.com. To find out more about me, your host, visit my blog at www.jimjessbaker.com. That's www.jimjessasinjessicabaker.com. All links are Amazon affiliate links and help us out when you make a purchase through them.